1: I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. My guest today is Ann Hall Norris, Extension Specialist for Food Preservation and Food Safety. Welcome, Ann Hall. Hi, Mindy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited for you to be here too, because we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, which is country ham. Me too. That's why I'm excited. <laughs> So let's just start with what exactly is the difference between country ham and city ham? I think it's what some people call it.
2: Yes, that's right. Well, so country ham is actually a ham that has been cured using a dry rub. So it hasn't actually been cooked, it's been preserved by the dry cure that they put on it. And a city ham is wet cured, it's been soaked in a bucket of brine with different types of seasonings, and so you're going to get a different flavor from a dry cure and a wet cure, and then the country ham is aged, so it develops flavor as it ages.
1: And I think that it's the flavor that is just unparalleled.
2: <laughs> so. Oh, yes, and as you start trying different country hams, each country ham, this is just a little bit of history here, most of the country ham processors are family-owned and operated facilities and so they have their own kind of secret recipe for the cure and so that's why each one is going to taste different sometimes they're aged for at least 3 months but they can be aged as long as a year or so and then if the processor decides to smoke it after it's aged that'll take on a different flavor as well so once you know you like that kind of salty taste of the ham, then you start experimenting with different brands and you can get a, a smoky flavor or a kind of sweet flavor. So
1: it really is one of my favorite foods. Yeah, I, I can't eat too much because after a few sandwiches or a few biscuits, your mouth yeah. starts to pucker up a little bit because of all the salt, but uh, it is just a, a great, great flavor. And if you haven't, enjoyed it, then it's something you really need to give it, give a try, I think.
2: That's true. And you do, you don't want to eat it all the time. It is not the healthiest. Exactly. But yes, in moderation, in
1: moderation. Well, and that's what we say about all foods, right? We don't want to have a diet of just one food anyway, right? That's right. And so we were talking a little bit about
2: history and the family-owned operations, but the history behind this is that the The pork was preserved. It's it's a method of food preservation to dry cure something. So before we had refrigeration, they would rub the hind leg of the pork um, of a pig. That's what a a ham is. And so they would rub it with salt and then they would let it sit. And so, you know, it didn't need to be refrigerated. The salt would move into the inside of that leg and the moisture would go away and bacteria wouldn't grow. So it was a safe product. And then they would put it over a fire. They would smoke it to keep insects away. So the curing and the smoking was a way to protect that food, to preserve it. But nowadays we do it for flavor because, you know, we have refrigeration and we're trying to get that same taste they had years ago.
1: And it is a a delicious taste. And I know that that is a process now that that we teach. You know, our 4-H'ers have country hand projects, don't they?
2: Yes, they do. And I was going to say, they'll they'll tell you, we have a publication for that. Um, we'll, we'll put the name of that publication at the end for how to make your own country ham. And the kids love this. They get to make up their own cure. It's composed primarily of salt. You have a little bit of sugar, and then you can put whatever spices you want in there. And the best part about it is you don't need to include the preservatives like your nitrites or your nitrates. And so it's it's preservative-free. And so they can develop their own flavor depending on the cure and then how long they age it. And then it's judged and then they go to the state fair every year.
1: Yeah, so we've talked about curing and and um, preserving that ham. Once we have done that, then how do we store the ham? Well, if you buy one
2: that's been preserved, it comes in like the, it looks like it's wrapped in paper or hanging in a net bag. That can be stored um at room temperature. You don't have to refrigerate that. When you go to eat one of those hams, that, that has not been cooked. It has just okay. been preserved. And so it has been coated in a in a salt mixture. So you're gonna want to soak that just in water, you know, for at least a day, maybe two days. Okay. Um, and you can do that with a cooler. You know, you don't have to buy any expensive equipment. It probably isn't going to fit in your sink and you don't want to tie up your sink for two days. Right. But you can soak it in a cooler and change that water every four hours or so. You do need to soak it to get rid of that salt on the outside. And then the longer you soak it, the more salt that will come out. So the less salty it'll taste. Okay. And then you'll want to you'll cook it. You can bake it like a traditional ham. Some people will boil it. It's a little bit more tender if you boil it. Or you can slice it right off and fry it in a pan. And that's what I like.
1: So when I store it though, do I store it in my pantry or you said I don't have to refrigerate it, right?
2: Right. So you will want to keep it in kind of a, a cool dry place. You don't want to just, you know, hang
1: it out in the garage. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can just put it in a pantry. Okay. All righty. So, and then when I st- put it in my cooler and I change that water out every four hours, I guess a cooler is a good choice because they have drain plugs, right? So you can that's, just drain yeah, out that right. water. Okay. it's mm-hmm. A lot easier on the old backs that we have now. <laughs> that's right.
2: And then if, if you don't want a whole ham or you don't want to go through soaking it, you can buy hams that have been cooked. And those you can just, you know, you usually see slices, you know, for convenience in a vacuum filled sure. package. You can purchase those. Just make sure you read the label because it is going to be labeled whether the ham is cooked or uncooked. And you should follow those cooking instructions One of the key things, if you can't find whether or not the ham is cooked or uncooked, if it has the safe handling instructions on it, then it has not been cooked. So you'll want to, to fry that or bake it or boil it. Okay. And so then that takes us right into how do we prepare it? Well, I like to, you can prepare it just like a traditional ham. You can put it in the oven and some people will put a glaze on it. There are usually instructions that come with the ham on how to make a glaze. But I don't like that sweet glaze on my country ham. Sure. Um, I just like to bake it like a traditional ham. And then my mom would always boil hers. She would buy a smaller one and she would just drop it down in some boiling water. And there'll be instructions on there as to how long to boil it, you know, per pound of ham. Okay. Um, But I always thought that that was a little bit more tender. And Uh so you'll find when you start eating country ham, people will go, oh, that's salty and that's so dry. But it is, that, that is the nature of that piece of meat because it's right. been dry cured. So
1: if you want it a little bit more tender, um, then you'll want to boil it. And then there are some people that like to fry it in, in a pan and make red-eye gravy, right?
2: Yes. And I'm not a fan of that red-eye gravy, but um, I do like a fried piece of ham.
1: Yeah, I, I am not a fan of that gravy, but my dad loves it, so. I know. And, and so <laughs> for those
2: of you who don't know, that's when you, you fry a piece of ham and you keep the drippings in the pan and then you'll mix coffee with it and kind of cook it down. So it has a, a very distinct flavor.
1: And so it's kind of an acquired taste. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Th- there are right. just some things that we we have in Kentucky that are acquired tastes. So that's a good way of putting <laughs> it. So. That's true. Do you have other ideas for us for how to use that country ham, and Hall? Well, I don't like a, a
2: true sandwich on it. I will like to have a piece or two on a biscuit. I like to slice it thin. I will like it with a tomato, you know, yes. on a sandwich. I do like country ham salad. Oh, me too. That's good. And I do like it in an omelet. So I don't like a lot of it at once. Like you would, you know, traditionally eat other meats. Um, right. I like a little bit of it here and there and other things.
1: And of course, we have to have it in a Kentucky hot brown, don't we? That's true. It's not a hot brown without the country ham. It is not. And I do like it in a quiche as well. I think that you can't have yes, a good quiche I, without a little country ham in it.
2: Right. Any any way I'm doing my eggs, I like to throw in some of that country ham. And also, for those of you that have already preserved your green beans, it's nice to throw in a piece of that country ham when you're cooking your green beans. It adds a nice flavor.
1: Exactly. I agree. Well, Anne Hall, I appreciate you joining us today to talk about this treasured Kentucky meat. I guess that they have country ham in other places, but I really do think that it is the quintessential Kentucky meat. So I think that having this discussion is certainly appropriate.
2: That's right. And that reminded me, I wanted to say this earlier, Kentucky, where we're located, is part of a ham belt. So you're only going to find country hams in Kentucky, Tennessee, Uh, North Carolina and Virginia, and that's because we have the ideal climate and humidity, if you can believe it, for curing one of those hams, and so Kentucky has a lot of family-owned, you know, country ham processors, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. We are the perfect location for that. You don't usually find them if
1: you go up farther north or further south. So I guess when when we are suffering through that humidity, we can know that there is some good that comes out of it, right? Right, there is a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ann Hall. It has been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks, Mindy. If you are just joining us, you have tuned in to Talking Facts. We are available on all major podcast providers.
0: Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition,